Good evening. The reason I say good evening is because it is 11.30 at night and I am recording episode 368 of the YLB podcast. So, we're not gonna, I'm not going to be able to give you the usual pomp and circumstance when it comes to an intro, but I'll do my best to give it a reasonable volume for all parties involved. Again, welcome to episode 368 of the YLB podcast. We have a good amount of news to discuss this week, and I'm trying to, you know, let's see how it feels with a little bit more intimate feel, you know, for old, for old time's sake, you know what I mean? But the news, what is on the docket for this week? Darren Drostoff passes away today, actually yesterday, my apologies, at the age of 54, and I actually saw a video on Instagram where D'Lo Brown was actually talking about the incident that actually uh, caused him to have to retire from the WWE after a running powerbomb landing on his head and breaking two vertebrae in his neck, causing him to become paralyzed, unfortunately. And yesterday he did pass away, and so we'll discuss that kick ad off for this week also. We've seen, I'm sure everyone in the entire IWC at this point has seen the x-ray photo from Ryan Danielson via Brie Garcia, and it is apparently worse than we thought. We first heard, of course, reports of six to eight weeks time return, and apparently it is a little bit, going to be, I should say, going to be a little bit longer in terms of recovery. We'll talk about it, of course, and I'm going to put it like this. Since January, hopefully I remember that, I have been saying since the return of Vince McMahon to secure the deal with Endeavor, I said, hopefully I remember this, not verbatim, but close enough, that Vince McMahon would try to weasel his way somehow back into WWE and get back creative. Yeah. Yeah. And according to Forbes, his influence is rising and WWE Twitter is in panic mode. Now, I'm not sure how, uh, which way this article is going to go. I quote, of course, for most of you that do know, I don't read the articles beforehand because I want to give you the most authentic view from my perspective, but we have that on the docket and that is going to be in the main event segment because I'm, I'm going to have some say some things, but I'm going to try to keep it at a reasonable volume. Again, 1130 at night. My apologies in advance. You know, I did have some things going on today and I wanted to get that sooner. But hey, we are here regardless. And it's time to talk about the news now. Again, can't really give you the pomp and circumstance of, an, of a proper intro, but I'll do my very best to do what needs to be done. Because this is episode 368 of the YLP podcast. Let's hit that intro. Let's get it started. And with that being said, let us begin. What's going on, guys? Zach from the Wrestling Religious Podcast here, and welcome to episode 368 of the YLP Podcast. So glad to have you guys here with me on this technically evening. <laughs> but I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. So glad to guys see you here with me on this episode of the podcast. Thank you. I truly do appreciate you for checking out this episode of the podcast again a little bit later in the evening. So I'm being able to give you the pumpkin circumstance that you usually get with a YLB podcast episode. But we will make do with what we have. And what we have is news of the week, the show that talks about, you know, all the news that's fit for me to talk about. And let's not waste any time getting into here. Because, of course, earlier today, technically, because I'm recording on Friday, technically, today, Darren Drozdov passed away today at the age of 54. Now, Attitude Era fans definitely 
felt this one for sure but let's discuss uh what wrestlinginc.com kieran Fisher have to say about mr drostoff Darren Drozdov, who wrestling fans remember from his days in WWE and ECW, has passed away aged 54. The official statement from his family, which was obtained by WWE, reveals that he died this morning of natural causes. While the news of Drozdov's passing is tragic, the statement focuses on the positive aspects of his life and what he accomplished. His family praised him for living each day to the fullest despite being paralyzed from the neck down for the past 24 years. Furthermore, the family thanked his fans, friends, teammates, and colleagues for showing him support throughout the years while revealing that Drozdov wouldn't want people to mourn for him. Quote, Everyone who knew Darren was a better person because of it. He taught everyone so much about how to look at life, how to put things in perspective, how to overcome adversity, and how to show compassion for, other, compassion for others. He would not want anyone to be sad at this moment and would want to be this, this, to this, sorry, to be a celebration of his life. To be remembered for all the great things that he accomplished. The fun, the laughter, the great memories that he shared with everyone. End quote. Drozdov's wrestling career was cut short due to injury, but he did make an impression on WWE and ECW fans during the Attitude Era. Additionally, he was also known for his time in the NFL. Now this I did not know. Of course, Mr. Drozdov debuted in WWE in 1998, initially portraying a puking gimmick. I don't remember that. <laughs> also, I was like 10. And unfortunately, you know, when you're in that age, you still can watch Raw. Watch WCW First Hour, though. And those were good times. Anyway, getting back into the article. During his tenure in Vince McMahon's company, he was primarily, primarily used as a mid-card superstar and tag team competitor. He once led a body-piercing theme stable that included Prince Albert and Vic Grimes. However, he is arguably best remembered for his stint in the Legion of Doom, which saw him take part in an infamous segment that culminated with Hawk being pushed off the tight. I do not remember this at all. Again, I was watching still watching WCW more than WWE. Be like that sometimes, but that's pretty f fucking cool, and I want to see that. Just want to put that out there. Anywho, elsewhere, Drozdov had a short stint in ECW throughout 97 and 98. He was part of a stable that included Lance Wright, Brackus, Doug Furness. Nice. I like that. And Phil Lafon. They were presented as invaders from WWE who had been sent to cause chaos in Paul, Home Paul Heyman's promotion. Sadly, Drozdov's career was cut short following an accident in a match with D'Lo Brown on the October 5th, 1999 episode of WWF SmackDown. He landed on his head and broke two vertebrae in his neck, causing him to become paralyzed. However, as the aforementioned family statement notes, Drozdov continued to live his life to the fullest after becoming quadriplegic, and those who knew him praised him for his positive outlook. Outside of wrestling, Drozdov played for three seasons in the NFL for the New York Jets, Philadelphia Eagles, and Denver Broncos. Wrestling... Wrestling Inc. Sends, sends its condolences to Drozdov's friends and family, and I will also send my condolences to Drozdov's friends and family on behalf of WrestleAddict Radio. Darren Drozdov passed away at the age of 54. Now, I remember Draws in WWE, WWF, I should say, at the time. I do not remember the whole... Pushing Hawk off the Titan Tron, though. I might have looked, you know, check that one out on YouTube sometime if I can find it. But still, I actually, um, I don't know if I said this in the intro, but I was uh, watching a video on Instagram um, the other day, checking it out, and it was of uh, D'Lo Brown talking about the actual incident that had happened. Now, I think there's a hyperlink. Now, I think he had said it was a running powerbomb, um... That actually happened. Let me see. Oh, yeah. That was the hyperlink. Yeah. See if they actually said it was the move. No, it doesn't. I mean, if I remember, I think he had said that it was a running powerbomb. And like that was like his biggest regret when it comes to the business. Like, I'm doing that. And they were like done it. How shows like pretty much like it was like clockwork. It just happened on that fateful night on telly. That happened. And they've actually both watched it together, he said, as well as uh, from what I remember on that video. 
but yeah, they actually both watched it, and he's, uh, you know, it was no hard feelings at that point. There were friends up until, you know, his t- timely passing, and, you know, even though, you know, to some, Draws may not have been, like, the biggest name in the company at the time, but still, at the end of the day, it's still professional wrestling, and it's still, you know, it always sucks to lose uh, a member of the pro wrestling family, regardless of if they're fans or, you know, competing in professional wrestling in some way, shape, or form. You know, our hearts do go out to the Drozdov family and at least via my condolences on behalf of WrestleAd Radio, Darren Drozdov passed away on Friday at the age of 54. Now, it's going to be you know, a little bit hard to, you know, transition, you know, from a passing to going into the other news that we have this week, but we will carry on as we head over to WrestlingHeadlines.com. Jimmy Uso says Trinity wants to return to WWE. Jimmy recalls night she walked out. Jay Uso on Trinity. This is, of course, from my favorite professional wrestling writer in the game. I don't care. Mr. Mark Middleton. Mr. Middleton, if you ever hear this, I like your work, sir. The Osos recently spoke with BT Sports' Ariel Helwani to promote, of course, Money in the Bank that is happening today. And before I get into the, you know, fully into this article, if you want to check out my predictions for Money in the Bank, regardless of what's going on, they still stand. Um, any matches, of course, that you know weren't predicted on or previewed will not be involved in the win loss column of anything. So I'm not trying to, you know, do any last minute Johns. That's not going to happen. But I do hope Damian Priest and EOS guy become Mr. And Miss Money and Bank. That would be nice. I know LA Knight. I know. I know. I know. If he does more power to him, I'll take the L. It's perfectly fine. But it'll be pretty cool if Priest, who I believe is a made man at this moment in time, Becomes Mr. Money in the Bank and somehow gets ousted from Judgment Day. Just my, just saying. Anyway, let's get into this article. The Usos recently spoke to BT Sports' Ariel Helwani to promote, of course, Money in the Bank. Jimmy Uso was asked about his wife, current Impact star Trinity, and how it is working for different companies. He says, quote, it's been weird. We've been on the road together since we first started our WWE career for 12 years. And then all of a sudden, done. When that happened, it came to a complete stop. A schedule change and then not seeing her much with our schedule and what she's doing. It's been an adjustment. It's been and it's been an adjustment. But we make it happen and we make it work. She's having a blast, moving at her own pace, which is something we never really get to do. She's enjoying it and doing what she's wanted to do. Broadway, music, more acting. Damn. Okay. Do you. End quote. Trinity and Mercedes Monet walked, of course, up. Walked out of WWE in mid-May 2022 due to creative unhappiness while a tag team, while the women's tag team champions, Jimmy, who was then in the, then who was who then, my apologies, English hard, I swear, Jimmy, who then was in the middle of the big push, Jesus, with the bloodline, was asked if he was worried about his position in WWE when his wife walked out. He recalled the May 16, 2022 Raw, where he lost a singles match to Matt Riddle, saying, "Quote: I was never really worried about myself, just mainly her, making sure everything is okay." I was never really worried about myself. It wasn't even about me. I just wanted to make sure everything was good. That day, I was super busy. I had a match. And then when I came in the back, she left. It was already boiling then. Then we found out everything. Jimmy was also asked if he would like to see Trinity return to WWE. He revealed that she would like to return and is open to coming back when the time is right. Saying, quote, of course. Even she would like to come back. At the end of the day, we started our career here in WWE, and in a perfect world, we'd like to finish here in WWE. She's definitely open to coming back, and when the time is right, and everything fits, hopefully it works. He added, please come back. We need her on the road. Give me and him a break. She's the middleman of all of us. End quote. And of course, uh, Trinity debuted uh, back in April. Tapings, which aired, of course, on May 4th. She set the challenge knockouts world champion Deanna Perrazzo on July 15th, Slammiversary in Toronto. And while the Usos, of course, today, as of this recording, whenever, of course, uh, Deon Sokoa and the undisputed WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns at Money in the Bank in London. Now, of course, 
everybody knows pretty much at this point what had happened with Trinity. And I stand by the fact that, you know, and I, and I, of course, I discussed it. You can check out the, you can find the episode on the podcast where I discussed all of that and my thoughts on that. And I believe my thoughts still stand. You know, when that happened, it was crazy. Because it made no sense. It really didn't. If anything, you know, that was just a whole mishmash of nonsense. Because trying to basically have her be fodder for the women's champion at the time. I'm trying to remember who it was. Uh, she uh, was there. I think it was Bel Air. Yeah, she was going to face. Uh, she was going to pretty much take the pin for Bel Air, and Sasha was going to take the. Uh, I think it was Rousey at the time. I'm not exactly sure, but all that creative nonsense, and then that all blew up. But good on Jimmy to know, like you know, this ain't about it. In that moment, that was not about me. It was about her. Everything you know. By the time you know he even came back there, it was already done. He was in, he was doing a match, so he was doing his thing. You know, you know, in in the square circle, and then going to the back, and then having to find out, you know, she bounced. That's a whole ordeal to deal with when you go from doing what you need to do in the ring, coming back, and then finding out, you know, you know, your wife, you know, pretty much like peaced out. But it's also good to know that when the time is right. She would like to return. She's, you know, saying, you know, she, of course, she would want to come back. And, of course, WWE fans would want her to come back. No shit. I do, too. You know, but, you know, she's an impact right now doing her thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. That is perfectly fine. At some, you know, at some point, she'll come back. Hopefully at the Real Rumble, because I think that would just make sense. Just throwing it out there. Real Rumble. Do it. But yeah, she's, you know, she's an impact doing her thing. And of course, Jay talking about, you know, you know, Jimmy doing his thing and they're making it work. And that's always a good thing. But yeah, they they did them dirty. They did them dirty. But again, good to know when the time is right, she'll return. All will be right with the world and everything is good. So. We'll see what happens at, of course, at Slammiversary when Perazzo takes on Trinity for the Knockouts World Championship. It would be interesting to see if they actually get the title for Trinity or not. would be interesting. And to round out the opening segment of episode 368, again, still English hard. It'd be like that sometimes. We head over to WrestleZone.com. And, of course, y'all know me as well as anyone I love me some New Japan. And I saw this news. I thought, you know, this would be a little bit something to talk about. Because not everyone, you know, rocks with New Japan. And that's perfectly fine. Watch what you watch. Enjoy what you enjoy. I like me some New Japan. And they actually have done something that hasn't really been done in almost 20 years. No, no record title reigns or anything like that. Three Musketeers. Not talking about the candy bar. Now... I'm not sure if I may make this a Spotify question. I'm not exactly sure, but are you team three musketeers or not? Just want to, I may want to pose, I'll pose the question. If you want to answer it, you know, have you a bit of voice message, of course, on podcasters.spotify.com slash young lions perspective or podcasters.spotify.com slash racialatic radio or over at ambiguous podcast solutions.com. All that good stuff. Three musketeers. You in or not? But, and JPW, names, Shota Umino, Ren Narita, and Yota Suji as the Reiwa Three Musketeers. Something that hasn't been done in 20 years? I think it's worth talking about, shall we? From Colin Tessier, and JPW has named, named a new group as the Three Musketeers. New Japan for Wrestling announced that the trio of Shota Umino, Ren Narita, and Yota Suji will be named the Reiwa Three Musketeers. I hope I pronounced that right. If I didn't, let me know. My apologies in advance. NGPW has used the name three times before. Most recently, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Katsuyori Shibata received the moniker in 2004. 
and all three men went on to have remarkable careers with the company. The announcement noted that NJPW made the move in recognition of their quick ascension in the ranks of New Japan Pro Wrestling and a clear desire to lead a new generation within NJPW. NJPW first used the Three Musketeers name back in 1988, the year I was born, with the group of... Now, this is a trio. Now, I'm sure... I'm, now, the second person I don't know, the other two I do. But here's the three. Masahiro Chono, Shinya Hashimoto, Keiji Moto. Umino recently teamed up with uh, Blackpool Combat Club in a high-profile match against the Elite at an AEW NJPW Forbidden Door. Suji had a breakout match in NJPW Dominion where he unsuccessfully challenged Sonata for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Narita has been featured as a member of the Strong Style Stable. Big names. I mean, the three they had in 04? <sighs> well, one's in WWE now. Catchabout is now... What, a Ring of Honor Pure Champion? I think. Hold on. I know we got a title. I just want to make sure which title. He's not TV champion. Definitely not. Do, 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 do. Um. Yeah, he's the Pure Champion right now. Okay. I don't make sure. And Hiroshi Tanahashi is still doing his thing in New Japan. I mean, Umino, for one, is work, has been working with Moxley for a couple of years now, I think. Brownman is his young boy, shooter. Now he's part of the BCC, doing his thing. Ren Narita, I think, is the wild card of the entirety of the trio. The simple fact that I do love me some Ren Narita, and I think he's going to be a solid baby face. For a long time before he turns heel. I can see that. You know, even in his early days and when he was a young lion. I mean, I watched all three of them. At some point, you know, young lions coming up. And it it's a really big deal to have that. I mean, with names like Mudo, Chono, Tanahashi, Nakamura, Shibata, Hashimoto, who I'm not sure of. But if you want to guys fill me in on that, you can also hit me up with an email over at younglionsperspective at gmail.com. Let me know about that. It's just really, it's a high honor. And I think and the fact that Suji-san has already competed for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship and joined Los Ingobernables de Japón. Joined under Naito. Pretty damn good. Pretty damn good year so far for Suji-san. Narita-san, I think, is the you know the wild card of the three, but I have high hopes for all three of them. I mean, Umino's part of the BCC with Moxley, Yuta, Claudio, Brandy. Like, what? Come on. It's nice. It's nice. You know it's nice. But that's the thing, too. Like, I appreciate the fact that the Young Lion system has done so well over the years for New Japan. And this is just another... Example of that, you know, you see Umino out there competing. Narita, I think I haven't seen much of Narita as of late, personally. But big fan of Narita-san, big fan of all three. You know what I mean? That's how it should be. You know, I do it like I mean, with with the high honor of the Three Musketeers and having those names that have had been named that behind you to go on and have good, really solid careers. And I think they're doing pretty good so far. I think they're doing all right for themselves. I think Suji-san will definitely be competing for... Oh, man, see, this is when I wish the IWGP Intercontinental Championship was still a thing. I missed that belt. Not going to lie to y'all. That is one belt in the world of professional wrestling that I do miss. Is the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. I mean, we'll see how the rest of their careers go, but I do have high hopes for all three of them. I've seen them as the Young Lions. I've seen them, you know... Do their thing like that. Like I said, I, have a, I always have high hopes for them. All the time. Sorry about that. I had to kill a spider. Had to kill a spider. 
be like that sometimes. But yeah, I have high hopes for all of them. I mean, Zuji like already competed for the world title, like I said. Umino's rocking with Moxley and them, and Narita's gonna be doing his thing in junior heavyweight, and that's just the way it is. And we'll see how their rest of their careers go. But that's gonna conclude the opening segment of episode 368 of the YLP podcast. When we come back, more news. And we're going to talk about Brian Danielson. Now, I'm sure most of y'all have found out by now that broke his forearm off an elbow drop from Okada. I'm sure he didn't mean to do that. We know that. But we heard the news, of course, that it was going to be six to eight, six to eight weeks. And now it may be a little bit longer in the recovery timeline. We're going to talk about all of that. And the we're gonna look at the photo, and I'll give you my reaction on the photo. I have not seen the photo yet. I haven't seen it. Just heard about the news, but I haven't seen the photo yet. So we're gonna I'll give you guys my actual reaction <laughs> to this photo, and talk about the backstage update on Brian Danielson and when they may be thinking about possible recovery for Brian Danielson as best as possible we can on the other side of episode three sixty eight of the YLP podcast. We'll be right back. What's going on, everybody? This is King Ricky Rose, your host of Kings of the Rings podcast and your general manager here. And you are listening to WrestleAttic Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with episode 368 of the YLP podcast. Before I get back into the news, of course, y'all know I got to do that shameless plug and discuss the week that is Wrestle Addict Radio. And I need a sip of water because my throat is... Mm. There we go. And of course, doing an altitude, you need your water. Just a known fact. And chapstick. That was something I did not expect, but altitude, windy, yeah, you kind of need that. But yes, of course, Tuesday, check out the Brace for Impact podcast with my boy, Nate the effing great, who, as far as I know, still our current reigning, defending and proud MCW heavyweight champion. Just doing it. And if you love you some impact, old school impact, old NWA TNA wrestling, this is the podcast for you damn good show for all impact fans check that out wednesdays of course live every wednesday night 8 p.m eastern standard time 5 p.m on the west coast kings of the rings podcast hosted by of course our esteemed general manager king ricky rose will tara shook and of course the legend that is k motherfucking murphy you have to say it like that or it doesn't count and shout out to frankie tortellini one time for the fam <laughs> he has an Instagram and it's awesome I follow it you should follow it too but yes you can check that out every Wednesday night on YouTube over on Twitch at KOTR underscore podcast as well as on Twitter at the same handle KOTR underscore podcast if you missed the live version you can catch it on YouTube the next day or you can just listen to the audio version on Thursday Friday Fretzomania podcast with my boy brother Fretz and of course today it's Canada Day. Shout out to my boyfriends one time. Happy Canada Day, my guy. Hope you're going to enjoy it well. Please send brisket. I've seen it on your Instagram. I would like some. I don't care how you send it. Send it. Fretzomania. At Fretzomania. If you want to go check that out on his IG stories. Because the man's getting his cook on with that trigger. I'm saying either way, happy Canada Day, my dude. Make sure you check out the Fretz Media Podcast, Ruthless Aggression Era. If you're into that like I am, listen to that every single Friday. And then you got me, Wild Podcast, every single Saturday, giving you all the news that's fit for me to talk about because this is WrestleAddict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. Now, let us get into the thing that we have seen that personally I haven't seen yet I'm going to scroll down real quick 
Excuse me. Oh my god. Yeah, that looks bad. I have not seen this yet. I heard about the news and I'm just like, oh shit. But I did not see the picture until just now and holy shit. But yes. Brie Garcia posts photo of Brian Danielson's injury x-ray says it's worse than we thought. This is from Jeremy Lambert. An update on Brian Danielson. At AEW and GPW Forbidden Door, Brian Danielson revealed that he believed he suffered a fractured form during his main event bout against Kazuchika Okada. Danielson said that the injury happened with about 10 minutes left in the match after Okada hit a top rope elbow and Danielson's arm was in the wrong place. Danielson said he thought he would be out for six to eight weeks. In a new Instagram story, Danielson's wife Brie Garcia posted the x-ray of Danielson's right forearm show a break of a bone. Garcia wrote, quote, Not sure to be proud or chastise him for wrestling 10 more minutes with this break. Definitely worse than we thought, end quote. There's the picture again. And that looks like it's a broken forearm. Uh, it is unknown how long Danielson will be sidelined. Fightful wishes Danielson all the best in his recovery. Another backstage update on his involvement with creative and all that stuff. Now, basically, uh, he, uh, of course, he suffered a broken arm. Uh, one that we now know is worse than initially thought, as uh, I said, I had talked about in the article before. Now, this has temporarily, temporarily halted his own personal creative direction. Uh, following Forbidden Door, original plans had Danielson wrestling on television more often. He was had to take part in the... Oh, they're going to do Blood and Guts. Blood and Guts. It was all, it was meant to be. And they we're going to get Ibushi. But Danielson's not going to be in there, and that's going to really suck. We're going to make do, though. We're going to make do. Oh, just put the cash in there. You're straight. Noise. But yeah, broken arm. Uh, he was going to be on TV more often. I'm going to be in the uh, Blood and Guts match. After Moxley laid down the challenge, of course, to the Elite. Now, the timeline was supposed to be 68 weeks until his potential return, which would put them up against the, you know, all, you know, to be ready for all in on August 27th. Now, with the news, the director is worse than previously thought. It's difficult to see him being ready for AEW's massive event at Wembley Stadium this summer. That does suck. That is a terrible injury. Now, when I first heard about the news that Danielson had gotten injured, now I mean we talked about it last week that you know he going into Forbidden Door he was going to be going into it injured anyway. Now I believe this is a new injury, and <laughs> hello, my love. I did. Okay, um, I don't know what you're looking for there, but there's no need for you to be there. You're good. This floof. I swear. Give me one moment. My apologies. Let me close this door. There we go. Hope everyone's doing well. I am here hoping to get a cookie. You're not going to get a cookie. Absolutely not. But you can hang out, though. It's cool. Now, I mean, especially, I mean, I'm we're for sure hoping that, you know, we're going to see blood and guts between BCC and the Elite. It's happening July 19th, and it's going to really suck that Daniels is not in there. Now, in wrestling, injuries are going to happen. You know, whether we wanted to or not. We talked about it earlier with Draws and how we had uh, suffered uh, breaking two vertebrae and having to retire from competing. In this case, you know, arm wasn't in the right place. Okada does elbow drop. Boom. So, it happens. It happens to the best of us. It happens in this business. It's going to suck that he's not going to be, you know, ready for all in in on August 27th, but that's the nature of the business that it really is the nature of the business. And honestly, you know, 
this was definitely this is like a big storyline and i i had a feeling that you know the blackpool combat club and the elite were going to be leading into blood and guts because the way they were doing it was just quintessentially made to end a feud amongst you know these stables blood and guts it's the only way it was the only way and now with the injury now probably being longer than thought before and now him you know him not being at all in that's a big deal because we're not sure exactly what was going to take place you know what Danielson's role was going to be in all in and now he will not be at all in with his injury it's insane now hopefully you know AEW can still be able to make this work with you know the boot camp and I was going to say the boot camp click <laughs> shout out to Sean Price and them rest in peace Sean P but yeah it is a big deal you know I mean I didn't see anything you know negative about what happened with the Danielson injury so that's a good thing right there yeah, fracture arm is no joke. Like, looking at a timeline for six to eight weeks and then having to be maybe ready for all in and be able to work in some capacity. And then finding out it's worse than previously thought. So, uh, again, it come, again, comes with the territory of the nature of the business. Honestly, I can only imagine now, <coughs> excuse me, creatively what will happen about this. You know, I mean, of course, I'm going to, you know, wish Brian Daniels in a very, very speedy recovery, 100%. Because, again, broken arm is no joke. I've never had that injury. Thank goodness on my end, but still, you know. I imagine that it is going to be quite painful and the, you know, I'm sure the chastising from Bree is going to be very harsh and a bit of scolding. But, you know, and having to work with a broken, now, working with a broken arm for 10 minutes after it happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. All for that. Not even an issue. Not even a fucking issue. But we do wish, uh, I do wish Brian Danielson a very speedy recovery. You know, get well soon, my dude. Take care of yourself. Get that arm healed. We hope to see you soon. Now, I did find this, I did just find this piece of news, actually. You know, I was going to end a segment right there, but I did see this and I was just like, oh, all right, sounds good. Now, you may not remember this person, but if you do remember the name City Gibbs, uh, but now we know we're talking about, you, you know, one person having to leave the company to get healed one is actually returning as former aew star sadie gibbs announces wrestling return details health struggles from david bixon's band when aew was getting started in 2019 and recruiting various independent wrestlers from around the world one that got a lot of attention was sadie gibbs the native of kent england had come up due to a twitter spat with will osprey over how gibbs handled a death in the family while on tour with stardom but it led to Matt Jackson seeing videos of her impressive aerial maneuvers, and that earned her a contract. However, since she had relocated to the U.S., that the COVID-19 pandemic stranded her in Australia, which led her being one of the few cuts to date, and several months later, she retired. On Thursday, though, Gibbs announced on Instagram that, having dealt with health issues not related to wrestling, she wants to return, saying, quote, So it has been far too long, but I can't get this chapter of my life out of my heart. I'll be doing a documentary on my return. Yep, I said it, my return with Invigor Media. She added that the last two years since she retired, she's had two major surgeries, one to remove a five-centimeter tumor. Oh, my goodness, from her right ovary. Damn. Damn. And the other to repair issues caused by endometriosis. Gynecological issues had been the cause of sudden blood pressure drops that started while she was still wrestling. Gibbs adds that she doesn't think she was ready for the AEW opportunity when it struck four years ago. 
With that quote, we level up and grow despite what healing needed to take place in between. We suck it up and know how blessed we are to have the opportunity. That is amazing. That is fantastic. And shout out to Sadie for getting through that. You know, and getting, you know, if I've sent a major tumor from the right ovary and getting through all of that and you know, dealing with those issues and be able to, being able to bounce back. That is fantastic. And now returning to the wrestling ring four years after she got signed to AEW. And she was ready to go, you know, move to Atlanta and be there full time and be able to work with AEW and all that. And the pandemic caused a lot of issues. And, and of course, her health issues, you know, had to force her to retire. And it sucks when you, you know, you need to see someone, especially at the time, as young as Hattie Gibbs and not see her get her opportunity and see what could have, you know, been with all that. And now that here she's making a return, it's fantastic. And I believe, you know, even when I was beginning to talk about AEW in 2019, you know, with Light the Fuse, and I was praising Sadie Gibbs. I was a big fan. And I was just like, Sadie Gibbs is going to be that one. And then unfortunately she had to retire. And I was just like, ah, you know what I mean? Bum me out. Bum me out. But it's really good to see, you know, especially for someone like Sadie Gibbs to go through her health issues, to go through you know, having to do with a tumor in a right ovary. And yes, I know Milo It is very, very huge that she got through that and is now wanting to return to the wrestling ring. You can't go wrong with that. Now, hopefully, you know, once, you know, she gets her bearings with her and all that stuff, maybe AEW will want to bring her back at some point. That would be, I think, the, the quintessential icing on the cake of that but you know we'll see you know there's no announcement on when her return is going to be and i'm sure we will find out very 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 soon but that's going to conclude the mid-card segment of episode 368 of the yop podcast and when we come back i told y'all literally what six months ago almost six months ago Vince McMahon is not just coming back to secure the deal with Endeavor. And according to Forbes, Vince McMahon's influence is rising and WWE Twitter is in panic mode. We'll see what that's all about on the other side of episode 368 of the YLB podcast. Be right back, y'all. Championship and Vince uh, McMahon next that. So let's see what Alfred Kanoa from Forbes has to say. With Vince McMahon's influence is rising and WWE Twitter is in panic mode. 
Vince McMahon's comeback tour appears to be in full swing whether wrestling fans ask for it or not. The WWE chairman was formally reinstated in January of this year, over six months after shockingly retiring amid sexual misconduct allegations. McMahon's departure opened the door for the Triple H era, which has been positively received by fans due to its long-term storylines and continuity. The reports of McMahon's involvement behind the scenes, where the chairman has reportedly made wholesale changes to television shows without notice, has led to anger and backlash among an otherwise content WWE fanbase, mostly online within the internet wrestling community. This week, Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter reported major changes for Raw will be explored once WWE's Endeavor merger is finalized. Vince McMahon's return is mostly an internet controversy. The budding presence of McMahon has not affected live, ticket event, live event ticket sales or television ratings during what has been a boom period of sorts for WWE, even without the bloodline. Raw viewership was sky high this past Monday, pulling 1.973 million viewers, million total viewers, with a massive 0.61 rating in the 18 to 49 age group. This marked Raw's highest viewership since the Raw after Mania. Not bad. Raw's viewership spike came on the heels of a similar spike for the NXT. For NXT, as Seth Rollins' WWE World Heavyweight title defense against Braun Breaker pulled 773,000 viewers, the show's biggest rating in over two years. SmackDown has paced WWE programming and viewership. Roman Reigns' Thousand Day Celebration on this June 2nd, 2023 broadcast drew an eye-popping 2.563 million viewers. The largest viewership since John Cena appeared on SmackDown on December 30th, 2022. SmackDown followed up with another giant number, English still hard, I swear, another giant number of 2.43 million viewers for Jey Uso's decision on June 16th. WWE's good ratings news couldn't have come at a better time with television rights negotiations ongoing. You know, is frustrated over Vince McMahon's changes to SmackDown this week. Almost every week, a new Vince McMahon returns. Rumor comes up and people eat it up. It's just fear mongering at this point. Mm. Let, me, let me kick back, relax here, and uh, give me my thoughts. Now, if if it was not literally late night. I would be able to rant my ass off right now, but I'm not. I'm going to try to keep it as calm as possible because I kind of need to. In one of these, it's like, it's like one of those cases where you don't want to be like that person that is just like not able to fully understand why for the life of us, we can't just let Triple H just have the keys to the kingdom. Everything Triple H has done since Vince McMahon quote unquote retired. We were hoping for the best. Because we knew what Triple H was capable of because he had because we had, you know, NXT as an example or a proper example of what Triple H is capable of. And then, January of this year, it happened, and now it's, it, it's getting back to being goofy again. Now, personally, I haven't watched the product in a little while. That's not to say, you know, it's in boycott. It is just I've been doing things. And so, bees what it bees, it is what it is. But I, and I'm sure a ton of people are not fans of the fact that Triple H is trying to build something here and Vince McMahon decides to be a prick and just change the whole show up mere hours before the show actually begins. Are we trying to build a product or are we trying to destroy it? That's how I feel. You know, a lot of matches, I believe, what, last week on SmackDown got canned because of Vince McMahon shit. I mean, it's not the best of ideas, personally, if we're being brutally honest with ourselves and each other. That Vincent Kennedy McMahon 
Seriously, he should have done what he needed to do with Endeavor and call it a day. He did it because he wanted to be back in power. And now he's doing the same goofy shit all over again. Now, of course, a lot of people people probably tell me, you know, you're overreacting, you know, you're doing what's best for business. I mean, granted, yes, the ratings are still good and... Live ticket, you know, live event ticket sales haven't really floundered yet, so that's a good thing. But still, it's what we see on television week after week. We don't need to be going back and forth about whether or not it's a Vince show or a Triple H show. We shouldn't have to worry about whether or not it's either one of those shows. It should just be Triple H's fucking shit. And Vince McMahon can go, you know, do whatever he does in Stanford when he's not at WWE headquarters. All I personally wanted to see was Vince McMahon ride off into the sunset, knowing that at the same time he had to tuck his tuck his tail between his legs and have to deal with the misconduct shit that had been alleged on him. We're fine with Triple H. Thanks for getting well. We were having banger show after banger show after banger show. Going into 2023, future was bright. Future was looking bright. Royal Rumble was coming up. You know, WrestleMania. Triple H's first WrestleMania. We were curious to see what would happen. And then all of a sudden, decided, he decided to rear his ugly head again. The Endeavor deal was beginning to make waves. And pretty much everybody knew, well, not everyone, but people knew that Vince McMahon coming back was not just, you know, hey, you know, I'm going to make this money real quick and then I'm going to bounce. And didn't hand the keys to the kingdom. Over to Triple H like he needed to. It's bad enough that. Vince McMahon is back in the fold. It's another thing where you're messing with the creative process. That you honestly shouldn't even be involved in. You're an executive chairman. Be that. There's no need for him at all whatsoever to even be a part of creative. For what? Seriously, for what? You couldn't fool me on this one. I'm sure a ton of you now understand what exactly is going on. Granted, Triple H has still done a lot since Vince Man has come back into the fold. But I don't want to have that thought of just like thinking, you know, every single week, you know, the reports before, you know, Raw's or SmackDown's is that essentially, you know, if it's a man makes changes, what if he makes changes to pay per view? What if he makes changes to Money in the Bank? What if he makes changes to Money in the Bank? What if he does it for SummerSlam? I don't really care too much about payback, so it's whatever in September. You know, big four shows that Triple H is trying to book. WrestleMania 40. I'm not trying to think too long term, but still. Possibilities there. I mean, we got money in the bank today. And then SummerSlam in a month. I would be a bit concerned. Personally. And at the end of the day, you know, it's honestly no reason for Vince McMahon to show up. And just pretty much like 
take show after show away from fans, especially matches that fans were looking forward to that were advertised for the show for that week. But for some reason, he just needed to rear his ugly head back into the fold. Again, it's, you know, like I said, I haven't watched, you know, Raw SmackDown for the past couple of weeks, and that's just because I've been busy doing shit, so it happens. I usually catch the replays if I can. But this is what not what this is not what we need to be doing right now. It's money in the bank day today. I am concerned especially once I finish this episode of the podcast and get some sleep. I am concerned that there are going to be reports that Vince McMahon made changes to money in the bank winners. That's a concern. It's a very, very, very big concern to me. Because of the fact that if Triple H already had his winners in place, and then all of a sudden at the last second it got changed. And then there's a report that comes out about it. Are we still not gonna question what what's going on with creative? I'm not enjoying the fact that I'm seeing reports of talent being frustrated by booking. That's something I don't enjoy reading. It's something I don't enjoy having to look at and see because I know WWE is better without Vince McMahon in it. We've seen the proof. We had the proof before that. When Triple H was doing NXT shit. But why Vince McMahon isn't is trying to change plans up last minute like he it confuses the fuck out of me 100% it's just one of those things where I'm looking at myself and I'm like looking at the news and I'm just seeing all this shit being said and I'm just like yeah I can see why why WWE Twitter would get pissed off I can see why we could get completely upset by the fact that, you know, Vince McMahon is pretty much making decisions already to what Triple H is trying to book. And I've read reports that Triple H is frustrated. Really frustrated. I would be too. Let me see if I can find it because I know I looked it up earlier. Excuse me. I mean, it's not a. We see here. Do, 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 do. No, not tag team. Yeah, it changes to SmackDown. It's just. That he has, you know, has to make them Vince proof. You know, Ringside News saying they previously reported, you know, they're doing their best to book against WWE's doing the, you know, their best to book against Vince McMahon's, you know, change, you know, by making them Vince proof. You know, and booking a lot of having having to book matches weeks in advance. 
in order to make it Vince proof. Who's to say that changes may not be probably get, will get made today? Who's to say? Who's to honestly say that Triple H is not being frustrated? You know, canceling matches for last week's SmackDown. You know, just rearing his head into the situation. I mean, Dave Meltzer from Re- uh, Wrestle Observer Radio recently reported that these sudden changes have seemingly created backstage frustrations, saying, quote, it's got to be frustrating for the writers. It's got to be frustrating for Paul Levesque. The thing is, it's Vince, and you can't say anything. That's what somebody brought up to me. If you're a writer, you can't say anything to Vince. Even if you're Paul Levesque, you can't say anything to Vince because it's like you're fucked if you say anything to Vince, so you can't say anything. They're trying to figure out a way to have him not do this. One person told me it would be a lot better if you did it the day before or two days before, but he's doing it the day of the show. Nick Khan and Triple H are unhappy with, you know, the changes we made to SmackDown lineup last Friday. It doesn't make any sense. Not booking, you know, Brawling Brutes correctly. It's not hard. It's not hard. Let Triple H cook. Let the man cook. Because he's done it before. He's done this all, he's done this for years. He's got the pedigree, pun not intended, to make this happen. He brought back talent in order to create the WWE of the now. Vince McMahon is not of the now. He is of the past. And he needs to go. Or at least get the fuck out of the way. At the end of the day, When all is like we're seeing the proof, multiple reports saying frustration, you know, unhappy with Vince McMahon making decisions, should be a clear cut sign that maybe it's not the best of ideas to be trying to change shit day of the show. This is why today I'm concerned. Given the fact that there's money in the bank and maybe Triple H already has his card set up. And he's wondering, did he Vince proof the card? I I believe it's a sad state of affairs. And that's why I'm concerned about the remainder of the summer. Money in the bank today. And then... August 8th, SummerSlam. Will that will they have to Vince proof that or will Vince stay out of the way? Who knows? What I know is that when it comes to Vince McMahon getting involved, I hate that I had to be right. And I hate that we're now seeing the nonsense and goofiness that comes with Vince McMahon being back and creative in WWE. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to conclude episode 368 of the YLP podcast. When we come back, we'll close out the show in a proper YLP fashion and get you ready for episode 369 of the YLP podcast. Be right back. That's going to be it for episode 368. While ALP Podcast, as always, I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you so much for taking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. Of course, 
If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or opinions about today's episode or any of the other 367 episodes of the YLP podcast, do not hesitate. Give me a bit of voice messages over at podcasters.spotify.com slash young lions perspective or podcasters.spotify.com slash athletic radio or over at ambiguous podcast solutions.com. You can also have me with an email over at young lions perspective at gmail.com. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP podcast, you can follow me on my social media over at Twitter at YL Perspective and over on Instagram at Young underscore Lions underscore Perspective. Of course, next week, Money in the Bank review. Oh my goodness. We're going to be talking about, you know, who are going to be, you know, who Mr. and Mrs. Money in the Bank are. You know, did Seth fend off Finn Balor? All the stuff, everything about Money in the Bank. Of course, all that it's for me to talk about going down next Saturday, July 8th, 2023. We will discuss again Money in the Bank news. Have some fun with it. Gonna be a good time. And hopefully, I'll make sure I get up to date with my win loss record because kind of bit behind on actual logging in the record so we'll figure all that out and we'll have a good time with it enjoy the rest of your weekend have a fantastic week hope it goes supremely well for you and i'll see you guys right back here next saturday for episode 369 of the ylp podcast see you This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.